This is the Can Crushers Wrestling Podcast. The following contest is scheduled for one fall. Let's go nuts! It's Jimmy Nuts! Five out of the door! With your host, Mark Martinez. Because I'm the Mark. And I'm awesome! The Guru. Today I'm going to break it down for all you simpleton sweat hogs listening out there in Can Crusher Nation. I don't mean to come out here week after week and toot my own horn, but toot, toot. And the English Professor. It is I, the English Professor from the County of Kings, speaking the English of the Queen. Hey, this is former WWE superstar Duke, the Dumpster Drossy, and you are listening to the Can Crushers Podcast. Welcome back to Can Crushers Spotlight, where an everyday garbage man gets to talk wrestling with his heroes from back in the day and rising stars today. I am your host, Mark the Mark Martinez, and man, this is going to be a great one. This one is uh, Jumping Borders, once again, if you say, as I have one half of Les Resistance, Renee Dupree, joining me this week for a quick little interview. Man, this was awesome. This really was talking with him. We talk about his two tag team title runs, and if he is coming to the United States now that Borders are opening. So, here comes Renee Dufresne. But we have to do one thing first. We have to hear from Al Snow and Collar and Elbow. Hats, hoodies, tees, eye patches, masks, vests, anything you need. Oh, and pants, because I got mine on right now. It's a little chilly tonight. So, here comes Al Snow to tell you everything about Collar and Elbow. And you can save 10% by using the Can Crushers code. Can Crushers, all one word, capital C and can. Capital C and Crushers saves you 10%. Al Snow, and then we dive in with Renee Dupree. Wrestling. A love and a passion we all share. I've started a wrestling brand. The wrestling brand. A brand founded on the aspects of wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product that connect emotionally for people everywhere. Collar and Elbow is the brand. Passion and love for wrestling is the drive. I am Al Snow, and this is Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. Welcome back to Can Crushers. You just heard from Al Snow and Collar and Elbow, and we're here. We're here with Mr. Canada 2001, a two-time WWE champion, tag team that is, the French phenom, Rene Dupree. Rene, how the hell are you doing tonight? Bonjour. I'm good. Just chilling up here in Canada. In Canada, right? Um yeah. Before we get into wrestling, really, how is everything going up in Canada with this whole freaking COVID shit? Uh, it's getting better. I think we did. They just made a. They just made a, the whole country uh, open again. Good. So, uh, 
So I think uh, shows might be able to start in the next couple of months. So I'm looking forward to that. I'd just like to be able to uh, cross borders again, you know? We'd like to see you cross borders. And I'll, I'll jump around. We'll come back to what I wanted to ask you. Um, when you cross borders, are you looking to go anywhere? Uh, Pittsburgh, where we are, is a huge wrestling scene right now. Um, yeah. Are you looking to do indies like that? Um, there's some stuff in the works. I don't want to fix it, you know? Yeah. But, uh, I just started with Pro Wrestling Noah last year and I was scheduled to be there, um, full time this year. But again, they locked their borders. So I'm very anxiously waiting for their borders to reopen so I can return, you know? Right. Right. All right. Let's do the rewind. Um, like we always like to do. Your dad's a wrestling promoter. So you've been around wrestling your entire life. When yeah. did you know, though, that, damn it, this is what I'm going to do? I mean, you didn't know at the age of four, did you? Yeah, I did. Did you really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was hooked. I had the action figures. I had the video games. Was, you know, wrestling was my life since I was a little kid, so. I mean, besides your dad, of course, who did you really dive into? Um, that, that You still might watch some stuff today. Oh, the British Bulldogs, of course, Dynamite Kid. Harley Race, uh, Masahiro Chono was a big influence, you know. Muda. Muda. Uh, of course, being Canadian, Bret Hart. Um, probably so many, dude. Yeah. So many. Randy Savage. Thank you. That was, that's my number one. Yeah. As you yeah. can tell. Um, did you watch the dark side of the ring yet about Dynamite Kid? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did they did they do them right? Because I, I felt bad. The Bulldogs were one of my all time favorite tag teams. Did they do them right, or did they do them a little I mean, dirty? They're just, telling, they're just telling factual information. I mean, it is what it is. You know. I mean, Chris Benoit, in my opinion, was one of the best, probably the best in the world. But you can't hide the fact of you know what happened, right? Right. So, but from a professional standpoint, Dynamite was the man. Fuck. Right. No. Uh, two-time WWE champion. Um, you were the youngest champion ever in WWE. When they awarded you that belt, did you say, holy shit, this is where I'm going to be the rest of my life because I'm here. I'm 19 and I'm a champion already. I didn't realize it. <laughs> I didn't realize it. I was so OCD and focused of climbing that I didn't. Like, the belt, that was okay, I won that, but okay, what's next? It's like, that's just the way my mind works, right? Right. So it was like, okay, we got this, now it's time to uh, to draw money with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I didn't even, you know, titles didn't mean anything. I was looking to climb as far as I could. You understand? Yeah, I understand. Yeah. yeah. Um, what, was there a point, though where, you know, you got released or however you guys want to say it. I'm not in the business. Fired from the WWE. Do you blame any of it on Cena? Because, you know, because people always say, when Cena came in, he screwed everything up. No, I, I asked for my release after the Benoit incident. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know, listen, everybody knew that Cena was Vince's, Vince's guy. Okay, when everybody had to wear a dress code, but he was allowed to wear his George and T-shirts everywhere. It was probably, that was Vince's way of saying, you know, this is my guy, right? But, I mean, uh, Cena did a hell of a job, you know. 
Yeah, he he carried a, a generation of wrestling stars, right? Yeah, uh, no, he did a hell of a job. You know, my I, I asked for my release, and uh, within a day, I was booked in Japan, and I've been there. This is fourteen years now. So yeah, I'll get to that too. I, I was going to say I'll get to that. <laughs> um, back in the day of Love Resistance, how much did you get to say, "Hey, we want to tweak this or tweak that"? Because now, from hearing from people. They don't get so much say. Did you have any say on anything? Did you, did you really want to walk a dog down to the ring? Oh, the dog was my idea. Okay. Because I told British Bulldogs, right? Right. Yeah, clearly. Well, I was French, so a French poodle. Bulldog. We but get I it. Really wanted, I really wanted uh, marketing, like merchandising out of it, right? It's a business. It's a you- business to make money. And I'm a heel. You're supposed to hate me. What's you see a guy walking a French poodle? You're gonna hit that guy, right? <laughs> uh, but there's a, you like wanted a plush figure. You wanted a yeah, plush figure. If you see it on television, if you're flipping the channels, even if you're not a wrestling fan, you see the French poodle. You're gonna stop and watch that. Right. You know what I mean, psychology, right? Psychology. Yeah. And your dad taught you that from a young age. Um. Not directly, I think indirectly by just being around wrestling so much. Understand? Yeah. 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 When was the first time you were actually in the ring, though, um, as a child? Like, when was your first official training? I mean, you could say that you ran the ropes at one or two, you know, doing that. But your first official training? Uh, 14. 14. Yeah, and I debuted 14. And... You've been in the business about 25 years now. You're not as old as me. You're still, you're 37, right? 38? Yeah, all right. So you've had a hell of a career. And the way wrestling is going now, you could wrestle for another 20 years, right? (laughs) Bumps and bruises aside. Come on. (laughs) Look at some people in the business. Paraplegic. Oh. Yeah, mentally, I would. I mean, it all depends on my body. But yeah, like um, I want to go till because I love it so much, you know. Right. You, I mean, it's a love-hate relationship. It's like being married. <laughs> it's like you love him, but you hate him at the same time, right? Thank God my wife's not here for this, and maybe I'll I'll shy her away from listening to this one. But I agree. I completely agree with you. God, yeah, thanks for getting me in trouble, Renee. Ah, uh, that's what I'm here to do. Yeah. Um. The Renee, this was one of my favorite things you did. And you're going to say, Jesus Christ, it only lasted one time. The Cafe de Renee, was it uh, ever going to be a long segment like the body shop or, you know, the flower shop or Piper's Pit? Why? I don't know. I don't know. It just happened. Happened one time. Uh, it was just something to... Uh, to get a feud going. Build, build up the feud with Cena, right? Right. <laughs> but... Uh, no, it must have worked because uh, at the end, uh, the blow-off match was in uh, L.A., L.A. Yeah. Uh, we completely sold out the stadium, over 20,000 people. So, and on that, especially like in certain markets, me and him would just, there's like some performers when you, you just get in the ring, you don't even have to lock up for 10 minutes. That's the type of chemistry we had. It you is. You didn't have to lock up. Just the people wanted it so bad, right? Yeah. Yeah. They did. It, it would have been great, though. Um, you went to OVW. We're actually tied in with OVW now with Al Snow as well. Um, you were coming back from an injury when you went down to OVW. 
did it help you? Because then you kind of went back, you were on the brands a little bit, and then I really want to talk about ECW as well, but going down, back down to OVW in, in Louisville, was it a gift or did it hurt, do you think? Well, they didn't tell me to go. I, I, um, I, because I was living in Louisville anyway. Okay. I just wanted to go and work out and stay in the ring because mentally I need to be in the ring. You know? I had the hernia surgery and then, um, <clears throat> Uh, I thought two or three weeks I'd be back on the road, but they decided to give me time off. So I just, no one told me to go train OVW. They didn't have to tell me. I, I had to be in the ring and work out. You wanted to be there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you were on every brand, Raw, SmackDown, and ECW. And we'll get to ECW. We'll have to save that for last. Um, some memories that pop up of being on the Raw brand, SmackDown brand real quick. Anything that really pops out to say, man, I, I like that because this was kind of the start of the brand split and everything when, when it all went down. Oh, well, when we're on Raw, you know, main eventing Raw at 19 against uh, Van Damme and Kane. And we, uh, me and Sly against the Dudley Boys main evented, sold out Sydney, Australia, 40,000 people. That's pretty cool. Then I was the number one draft picked in the sure. 2004 draft. And then that program with Cena. And then uh, a lot of people knocked the, the the run I had with Kenzo. But Why? Well, for whatever reason. But what they don't understand is the publicity that gave me in Japan. Right? Right. Because I was connected with Kenzo, we won the titles. It was big, big news in Japan, right? So that helped me. Then you end up on ECW, which um, any wrestling fan of a wrestling fan knows that Vince's ECW was horseshit. Would you say so? Well, I'd say this a lot, like, in order for that to work, you'd have to go to the smaller, old, where, where ECW used to... Like, the bingo the same, hall. Well, whatever, yeah. You know, the same, because the fan interaction is what made that, the chance, you know, ECW and you suck dick and all that shit, right? Yeah. But don't forget, WWE is so, such, even then, was such a corporate company, they couldn't do all that profanity. Right. You know, because people don't realize, like... um They've got sponsors. They've got shareholders. They've got networks. God forbid they would piss off a network and, and lose their TV deal. That's I mean, big money. That's that, that's yeah. So that's why they have to script all their their promos. That's why I have to do that because look what happened with Cena, right? He just made one little mistake and everybody's trying to cancel him just for making a mistake. You know, same time home as a country. And then he's apologizing to the Chinese, which just pisses off the Americans. And then everybody's mad so that's why they have to script all that shit right but right back to ECW yeah it was just a gig man it was a chance to get in the ring you know you have no you have no say unless you're at the very very top of what you're gonna do even then you don't have that much say you know so I just did what I was told man well I, I was gonna bring up something Al Snow always talks about that you're okay being on TV taking L's or getting W's or doing anything because you're on TV and others aren't. That's mm. what the business is, right? To stay fresh every week. Mm. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah, you're on television. Yeah. It's not, well, now there's more options, but back then there was very, very few options. Very little options. Yeah. Right? 
So now there's a little bit more, you know. Yeah. Well, if you're on a streaming device now, you're all over the place. There's any, yeah, you can watch me and my buddy wrestle in the backyard tonight if you want to. Right, right. Um, Once you took your release from the WWE, you went to Japan. And the majority uh, of your, you know, 15 years away from the WWE has been there. Uh, A few offs here and there in Canada. Um, One, why Japan? Because a lot of people don't know that you're a freaking megastar over there, right? Yeah, um, I just loved it. Just loved, I love the wrestling style. You know, it's all about the wrestling. And uh, yeah, I started with a company called Hustle. I got in there through uh, Tajiri because me and Tajiri are really tight. And then um, from Hustle, I went to All Japan. From All Japan, I went to Wrestle One. And then I did a. F- but uh, half a dozen or a dozen, like, just little independents. And then now I'm with Noah. So. And what do you like about Noah? Oh, Jesus. Well, I... right now they got bought out by one of the the largest media conglomerates over there called Abema TV. It's a six or seven billion dollar U.S. company. Billion, not million. Billion would it be. And uh, they're on a resurgence, <clears throat> you know. So. Um, I, I thought you were going to go longer there. Uh, how much wrestling do you watch today, though? Like, uh, are you into AEW? Do you watch any of the WWE? Nothing. Not You're shaking your head. Uh, you just... I, I stumbled upon it because um, I know Serena Deeb, right? I've known her for years. Yeah. So I was watching, and then I stopped and watched her match with little Japanese girl, Riho. Yep. Uh, that, that's the kind of style, like, oh, shit. Yeah. That's like a hell of a good, hell of a match, you know? Yeah. But, uh, but no, I mean, uh, a lot of those guys there I know, and it's, it's SOS, same old shit. <laughs> really? Really? Is that, I mean, that's really what you think? You're not a, uh, AEW's flippity flop for the most part. They do a lot of high stuff. You're just not into that. You, we like the bigger man on man type of deal thing. You're just not. No, I mean, I mean, I, listen, I, when you're in the business that long, it's like. You've uh, seen it care. all. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not that I'm not a fan. It's just that I see so much wrestling that when I'm home, I don't really want to watch any more wrestling. <laughs> Damn right? it. Right. No, yeah. I understand. Yeah. Uh, how long runs do you do when you're over in Japan? Well, like this year, I was, I was, I had my flight booked and everything. I was not this stick. year. Yeah. Yeah, no, like before they shut down their borders, I was booked. I was going to be there from January to to June. I was oh. stay over there for six months. This would have been my busiest year, like since I left WWF. Because like when I started with Noah, they, uh, they put the tag titles. We won the tag titles and we won the global tag league. But I didn't realize how many different countries actually watched Noah because within a week I had over a dozen offers from like Malaysia, New Zealand, Singapore, Australia. They're all one to bring me in. So like since I'm on that side of the country or that side of the world, excuse me, I would do the tours and then on my off days I'd fly to one of these different countries and just keep going, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, this is the one that I want to get to. Um there's two actually, but let's start with the Bret Hart thing. We, you talked about Bret Hart. You, you liked Bret Hart growing up, and I read somewhere just a quick little description. And, and I talked to you a little bit before we went on to make sure it's okay to ask you this. 
Bret Hart was doing the Hall of Fame speech for Jim DeAnville Nightheart, and, you know, he got attacked. And you have a different spin on this. You you think it was a work. Why? Well, it's just a possibility. I could be wrong, but just look at it from this point of view. What was going on at the same time as the Hall of Fame in New York? Uh, New Japan was there, right? Yes. Yeah. Madison Square Garden. Sold out. Sold out, yeah. You're a fan, so you read the news. So you know that Vince originally tried to blackball them, like get them out of the garden, right? Right. Okay. What was was one of the same matches that was going on? You, You realize that, like, well, Muda showed up there. Right. Right? Okay. You realize that WWE hates to lose at anything, especially social media numbers. They want all the attention, especially during the biggest week of the year. Right? I get it. I get it now. It's Okay. So with Muda showing up, if they wouldn't have done that, what was going to be trending on Twitter? New Japan. Who was going to get all the news? Right? Holy shit. This is brilliant. This is... Yeah. I, I like this. Uh, the best there was. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense to you, though. It does now. It does now. I mean, years later, it does now because, you know, holy hell, that's unbelievable. Well, no, you, you explained it all. Um, are you really starting an OnlyFans? Because that's all over your Facebook and Twitter and everything. Are, are you really thinking about starting an OnlyFans? No, where'd you get that? I, I saw that people were saying that you wanted to start an OnlyFans. I might have said that jokingly. Oh, I was going to say, are you freaking kidding? You're not doing that, are you? Please, I was hoping no. Times are tough, man. <laughs> right, you've been off for a year, so why the hell not? <laughs> 2021, man. Right, it's going to turn around. Um, I don't want to keep you long. Uh, It's been great, but... Is there anything you could tell us where a little leak just are you going to be stateside at least? Because are you interested in doing cons or indies or anything like that to get to see the U.S. fans that still love you? And damn it, I'll find a French poodle to have you sign because that's what I want. I want a French poodle signed by you. Not a real one before I get castrized for that. Well... I don't know. You're a wrestling fan, right? You love the business. Do you think think it's time I make a return? I do think it's time you made a return. I really do. I really do. I'll die hard. The thing is, I I won't, I won't, I like to keep myself secret, you know. I want to make maximum impact. Yeah, dig it, brother. Oh, and you do a good savage as well. Well, I used to stay at his house when I was a kid. Oh, you have to give me a story on that then to end this then. You have to give me a story. Okay, right. the last story. All right. So uh, Randy Savage's family were the Poffos, Randy Poffo, right? Angelo Poffo, Lanny Poffo, they're all, you know, related, right? In the early 70s, uh, they all came up here and worked with my dad. They were in business together and ran the promotion together. So we've always stayed close ever since. My father was actually the best man at Lanny Poffo's wedding. He got married in my hometown. So, when we go to Florida, I vacation at the Macho Man's house. Him and Elizabeth were on the road, but like, like they're they're tight flamming. Like whatever Angelo said, the boys did. You know that's the way that's the way it works. So my father and Angelo were really tight, and we stood at the Macho Man's house and we dropped elbows on his bed. 
It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Renee, thank you for spending some time with us tonight. It's been a blast. And come stateside. You, you're missed. Yeah, I dig it. Maybe. Thank you, my friend. So could you tell that I was twisting his arm a little bit? I really want to meet him. I really want him to see him come to the United States. Man, there's a ton of different organizations that I think you'd work well in. And I just want to see him. I really do. I'm excited. How about him hanging out with the old macho man back in the day living in his house? You know, hanging out. Not living there. But, ah, oh, great interview. Great interview. I want to thank Renee Dupree for coming on Can Crushers, guys. If you have anybody you want us to reach out to, you know we're always up to doing that. Send us an email at cancrusher69 at gmail.com. We'll reach out to whomever. Also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It's all at cancrusher69. Until next time, remember, just because you're trash doesn't mean you can't do great things. It's called the garbage can, not a garbage cannot. (laughs) 